to the James Schumann Show podcast. Thank you for watching or listening, however you're doing this. What an insane, insane couple of days. My goodness. It's only been a week since our last podcast, when you think about it. It's only been like eight days, seven days, something like that. Eight days by the time you hear this. And so much has shifted in the world. So much has just gone absolutely haywire in the world. And we're going to cover it all. We're obviously going to cover coronavirus. We're obviously going to cover um, the primary, the votes that's been going on here with a little thing called the presidency. We're going to cover the viral video of the dancing, TikToking Bernie girl and all the simps who took over the world. We're going to cover it all. And... It's going to be uh, it's going to be a wild ride. But before we get to that, please, if you are enjoying the show in any capacity, whether it's YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, whatever it is, please subscribe. That's the easiest way to know when these happen. The easiest way: subscribe, hit the notification button, wherever it may be. Get in there, get involved, watch the show, be the smartest person in the room. This is the only podcast you really need. And everyone has a podcast now, so, you know, it is what it is. Coronavirus! What is this? We reported now, you know, many will say, hey, James, you were on the ground floor of this. You know, you were one of the first people talking about coronavirus. You were talking about bat soup. My, how far, my, how far the world has fallen since the days of bat soup. Everything seemed so easy back then. Everything seems so easy. Just don't eat an armadillo. Just don't drink bat soup. And you're good. You don't have coronavirus. And now it's everywhere. It's all over the damn world. Let me tell you when I knew it was bad. Let me tell you when I knew coronavirus was really bad. Whenever it was in New Orleans. When I heard that coronavirus was in New Orleans, Louisiana, I knew this is serious. Okay? First of all, when I was growing up, if you went to New Orleans and didn't come back with a disease, then you weren't having a good enough of a time. Okay, so I'm not I'm not too surprised that people are going to New Orleans and coming back with a disease, but I am surprised that it is the coronavirus. And why I'm surprised is because I'm surprised that the coronavirus can survive in a city like New Orleans. New Orleans. I'll go ahead and tell you what's happening right now in New Orleans. We are in the middle of a coronavirus scare, an absolute pandemic across the globe, and I guarantee you right now at this second, there is pizza being sold at Tropical Isles on paper plates with absolutely no regulation from the FDA, and I guarantee you there's a tutor girl, a shot girl, holding a tray of laboratory beakers, test tube looking things with no cover no lids or anything she's holding those tubes and she's going to sell you one of those tubes for about forty dollars and the only way that you can drink that tube is if she puts the other end of the tube in her mouth and baby birds it into your mouth and you're going to ask yourself well what flavor is the tube she's going to tell you the flavor is walk me down but the real flavor is just kind of blue that's what's going on in New Orleans. New Orleans, you know how when you went to college, or, or maybe maybe even in high school, and at your house, you decided to cook. You decided to finally cook a little bit. And you said, I'm not eating ramen, I'm not eating pizza rolls, I'm not eating eggos, I'm going to actually cook. And you cook whatever it is, let's say spaghetti. <clears throat> spaghetti spaghetti's easy. And you make a pot of spaghetti, bowl up some some water, drop the noodles, do the sauce, the ragu, all, you know, the whole nine yards. Afterwards, you're stuffed. You're full to the brim. Feels good, man. What do you do with the dirty dishes? Nothing. You just ate. You were cooking for 30 minutes. You're not going to wash the dishes right now. But what do you do? You fill them up with water. But then you go to sleep. Next day, you come back. Dishes, somehow the water's gone. Whatever. You just refill it with water. Let it soak. Let, let some of that grime soak off. Then what happens is, and when you're in college, you fill it up one more time, and then you go home for the weekend. And you come back, 
and those dishes are now filled with disgusting water that literally may have tadpoles in it. And you look at those dishes and you say, you know, those dishes are probably so dirty and so disgusting and so disease-ridden. I can't probably use those dishes anymore. I'm going to throw them away. Those dishes is what New Orleans did with Jazzland. That's what New Orleans did with Jazzland. New Orleans let Jazzland, an amusement park, get hit by Katrina 15 plus years ago. They let that happen. And what do they do? They just filled it with water and let it sit in the sink for the last 15 years. That's what happened. That's what happened with Jazzland. What's, but, but you're probably thinking to yourself, well, that's ridiculous. There's no way Jazzland is still sitting there. Nope, it is. Jazzland is just sitting there full of water. Not just any kind of water, Katrina water. Jazzland may be where the coronavirus came from. Okay, So I'm shocked that New Orleans is even being affected by the coronavirus. That shows how strong the coronavirus is. New Orleans has horse shit in the streets every day of the week. That's just a fact. That's just a fact. So, that's when I knew it was real. Now, coronavirus at this point, there's so much to go through here. And I had someone reach out to me and say, James, we need the coronavirus episode. We need you to talk us through this. We need to know what you think about this. We are scared, James. We are scared to freaking death. Please tell us what to think about this hellacious disease. And every single time I went to do this podcast, every single time I went to do it, there was a new update or something new happened or or something else got canceled. Or there was a new development. And I had my notes for the show. Ripped them up. I can't do notes right now. This is all touch and go. We can't can't try and schedule what we're going to talk about. So let's just break down what's happened so far with coronavirus. Italy is basically on a complete shutdown. Spain, basically on a complete shutdown. America is now on a... European travel ban and has canceled virtually everything. Canceled March Madness, canceled all spring collegiate sports. Uh, Major League Baseball is pushing back opening day. The MLS, Major League Soccer, which I love very much, has suspended the season for the next 30 days. NBA has suspended the season. NHL has suspended the season. We are Disneyland. Freaking Disneyland has closed its doors for the rest of the month. This is an absolute unprecedented time, ladies and gentlemen. This is an unprecedented time where we're in like a prequel to The Walking Dead. And I'm really... What I'm most surprised about, I think, is the outrage... Or not the yeah the outrage. Well, let's call it, let's call it this. What I'm most disappointed in is the overreaction to the overreaction. Is coronavirus the next Walking Dead situation? No, we've seen the numbers. We know that coronavirus is survivable. We know that it's not it's not as bad I think as people are making out to be as a disease. When it first happened. We saw videos from Wuhan where people were seizing in the streets. People were, were you know, dying all over themselves. It, it, was, it looked like something out of a zombie movie. But then we hear more about the virus, more about what it does, more about what it is, the survivability rate. The, the, uh, you know. So I think that part is an overreaction. The, the idea that if you get this virus, you're, you're going to die. You know, that is an overreaction. What is not an overreaction, in my opinion, is the United States, or whoever, taking drastic precautions to make sure this thing ends. It makes a lot of sense to me to say, okay, we see what has happened in China. We, we see what has happened in Spain, what has happened in Italy. So what we're going to do is, before this even happens, we're going to go ahead and cut things off. We're going to go ahead and end 
mass gatherings. We're going to go ahead and end these sporting events. We're going to go ahead and shut all this down. And what I think they should do, or should have done from the jump, is say, first cases started popping up. I would have said, all right, all right. The nation is on a seven-day lockdown. I don't want anything happening for seven days. Pharmacies, hospitals, police stations, supermarkets, whatever, stay open. Everyone else, work from home, stay home, do whatever you got to do. Seven days, the nation is on lockdown. I don't want to see any sporting events. I don't want to see anything. Seven days. And nip it in the butt. We've seen in China and Italy and wherever that if you give this thing like five days of you self-quarantining or or whatever, it's going to go away. So I am fully on board with the idea of let's just cancel it. Let's just postpone life until this thing goes away. Let's give it a full week where just shut it down. People who are feeling symptoms... Take 14 days. If you're feeling symptoms, fever, dry cough, aches and pains. If you're feeling the symptoms, take the extra week. Whatever. And after that, we go back to normal. That's what I would have done from the start. If you saw a edit <clears throat> right there, if you're watching on YouTube and you saw a little edit, uh, we don't usually edit these podcasts. We don't stop. We don't take breaks, whatever. We just rip it through. But uh, my air condition started. My air condition is directly next to the studio. And it sounds like a small Volkswagen is starting up. So I had to go turn it off. So now it's about to get hot up in here. So that's what the edit is for if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, uh, ignore everything I just said. And it's allergy season down here where I'm at. So if I'm clearing my throat... I don't have coronavirus, I swear to God. I swear to God I don't have it. Really bad time to have bad allergies right now is when you're sitting at work and you're and you're dro- and everything's quiet and you're dropping a few of these <coughs> a few of those every twenty minutes and people are looking at you like Hey man, are you are you patient zero? So you know how it is. Take your Claritin D, folks. Take your Claritin D. But like I was saying, I believe that the precaution, the elimination of transmission is completely justified. And you know what else is a really bad take? A really bad take is, it's just the flu. It's just the flu. Everyone's being a bunch of, a bunch of babies about the flu. I'm not going to die from the flu. Only only 1% of people that get it dies. I, this is stupid. I want to go to work. I want to go to mass gatherings. I want, I want to rub my face all over all the handrails. <clears throat> those people, those takes are the worst takes. Let me make it really, 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 really simple for you. Okay? If you get it, in a, and by you, I mean, I'm guessing you're... A millennial, if you're listening to this program, you're probably a millennial, probably around that age, 30, 31, 25, somewhere in there. That's about that's about the age that, that ingests this content. Yeah, you probably will be fine. But how many of you who are watching this program or ingesting this content, how many of you are going to go see your grandparents? How many of you have a mom or a dad who has beaten cancer or has diabetes? How many of you have a parent who's had a heart attack? How many of you are going to work with people who are over the age of 55? How many of you are going to a gym where there may be older people? How many of you are going to the grocery store? How many of you are doing things where other people are in your area? Okay. Hopefully all of you have raised your hands by now. Now, do you want to be the person who was the carrier and transmitted it to an older person and they go and die? I'll give you a great great example. Great example. I am a part of a fraternal men's club that meets once a week. I am one of the youngest people in the group by far. It's like a community group for people who are doing good in the community. We do all kinds of stuff. It's not a big deal. It's not weird. Don't make it weird. So we canceled our meeting tonight. None of us have coronavirus. I don't have coronavirus. But if I did have coronavirus, and you can go 14 days without showing symptoms, 
if I did have coronavirus and I went and hung out with a group of 20, 65-plus-year-olds, I'd kill the whole damn room. These are people who have had heart attacks, people who have beaten cancer, people who are almost dead already. This is an old, vulnerable group. And if I had coronavirus, I'd be cool. I'd be all good. Nothing would happen to me. But I'd more than likely kill about 30 old people. That's the whole point. The whole point is not the disease. Like That's, that's where the huge misconception is coming in. Is OMG, they canceled Disney World or Disneyland. This must be a really, really dangerous virus. I'm scared to get this virus. I'm scared of this virus. This virus is going to kill me. This virus is going to kill my family. That's the misconception. What your thought should be is, wow, they canceled Disney. They, you know, canceled Disneyland. They really don't want this thing to spread. And that's the real thing. All these, oh God, all these white sunglass wearing bottle openers in their flip flops. Like I can see the people who are just like, you know, take take some Nyquil and get over it. Let me give you some facts. Let me give you a couple facts right here. One, coronavirus came from animals to people. Two, because of that and because it's so new, we don't have an immunity to it. And we don't have any medication for it. So that's why when you get it, all you can do is self-quarantine. They don't even want you to go to the hospital. They don't even want you to go to the emergency room. Because if you do have it and you go to the emergency room and you sit in the emergency room, all hell breaks loose. So they don't even want you going to the doctor. They want you calling in your symptoms. Hey, doc. Uh, yeah, I got a fever, a dry cough. I'm achy. Okay, well, it sounds like you may have coronavirus. And then you go from there. They don't want you showing up and, get, and doing the blood pressure thing. They don't want you doing any of that stuff. Because it's so new and because of the non-immunity and because of the non-medication, people 65 or older or vulnerable people and medically vulnerable people people with weakened immune systems, people who have already had a cancer, people who have diabetes, people who have heart conditions, people who have respiratory issues already, if they get it, it's a real problem because more than likely those people cannot just fight it off themselves. They will lay in their bed, self-quarantine, and die. That's the issue. So all these tough... It's just such a dumb thing. Like... It's just such a dumb thing to take such a hard stance on, you know. I, I I don't. It's almost like, well, if I wear a helmet and drunk drive, there's no way I'm gonna die. I'm wearing a helmet. It's like, yeah, or you could just not drunk drive because if you hit somebody, you may kill them, or you know they may not be wearing a helmet, they may not wear a seatbelt. It's probably better if you just don't drunk drive instead of someone saying like, oh, I know how to drive. I'm a great driver. I have a a key of soul with a, with a sweet flame on the side of it. You know, like, this is one of those things where it's like, hey, man, just back up for a second and just understand that we're trying to prevent this transmission. No one gives a damn if you can survive the coronavirus. That's not the question. It's not a competition. This isn't American Ninja Warrior featuring the coronavirus. We just need to protect people who can't protect themselves, basically. You know, just because you beat the coronavirus... Or just because you can beat it doesn't mean you need to be giving out snow cones at the nursing home. You know, I mean, just like Rudy Gobert, okay? Rudy Gobert, NBA player, he's been all over the place. Rudy Gobert was in an interview and asked and was asked about the coronavirus. And he was like, oh, I'm good, don't have it, whatever. I think it's stupid, I think it's over, over, overreaction. Look, watch, I'll touch everybody's microphones. Touch all the microphones on the, on the podium. Two days later, he tests positive for the coronavirus. Well, 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 well. Tough guy Rudy is going to survive. Tough guy Rudy is fine. I'll take you behind the curtains for the news people in here. All those microphones on the podium you see are brought to the place by the reporters. They're put up there by the reporters. After the interview is over, the reporter goes and gets their microphone and takes it home with them. If they're, if they're using a media player, like a, a little recorder... They'll take their recorder, and I used to do this as a, as a reporter. You put your recorder or your microphone, whatever, up on the podium. They talk, all good. You take it with you, put it in your pocket, whatever, put it in your car, 
get it out of your car, and you listen to it at your desk and you write your story. Some people listen to it literally next to their face like this. Some people put, the, put a headphone in and listen to it that way. The point is, what if there's a 70-year-old reporter who grabbed that microphone, put the microphone in their car, maybe brought it home with them, put it in their car, put it in their pocket, handled it with their hands, then touched their steering wheel, then touched their phone, then touched their face, then they went to the office. Now the contaminated recorder is sitting in the office. They're contaminated, sitting in the office, typing away on their keyboards, going to the going to the break room coffee thing, making coffee. Uh, 70-year-old Janice is scooping cups of community out with her contaminated coronavirus hands. She's putting in the filter. She's pushing the filter with her hands. She's pouring the water in. She's pressing play. She's grabbing cups. She's putting the rest of the stack of cups up. She makes her coffee. What's that, Bill? You want a cup of coffee? She gets a cup of coffee for Bill, pours him one, brings it to Bill. That's how it happens, folks. The question isn't, can Rudy Gobert survive coronavirus? The, that's not the question. No one gives a damn about if Rudy Gobert can survive the coronavirus. People are worried about Rudy Gobert being reckless and a careless asshole. That's the issue. And that's... that's I hate this chair. Can y'all hear the squeaking? Like, I mean, I don't get it. Like, I'm on a motion ride. I feel like I'm on a motion ride with this chair. I gotta get a new one because I can't stand this creak. Anyways, so Rudy Gobert should be a good example for all these coronavirus tough guys, which is the worst possible thing to be a tough guy of. You know, you don't. It's one thing if it's like, what are you a tough guy for? It's like, oh, I don't, uh, I don't eat vegetables. I only eat meat. Okay, well that's a little drastic, but whatever. What are you a tough guy for? Oh, I, I get, I get a uh, really, really rare, uh, really contagious diseases, and I don't. Uh, and I don't quarantine and I go touch stuff because I can survive the disease. So I want to show people that I can survive the uh, terrible disease. Oh, okay, man. Uh, cool superpower. Uh, see you never. So don't be that guy. Now, back to March Madness. And let's, let's, let's talk about the sports cancellations of this thing. So this is really out of control to me. Or just crazy because, you know... People who are like, oh, it's the flu, oh, it's whatever. The flu didn't cancel Disneyland. I don't care. The worst flu ever didn't cancel Disneyland. The worst flu of all time. They straight up canceled March Madness. They're not postponing March Madness. They're not rescheduling March Madness. They straight up canceled it. They said, finito, done. All those players, graduate. All those players, see you in the NBA. And these... These sports reporters, guys, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's just me out here. I'm telling you, it is just me. You got me, and you got no one else. These sports reporters who are like, <clears throat> who are like, um, well, we should just give them another year of eligibility. What? What? Why? Why in the hell would one of these players? Want to come back to college for another year, another full year, delay their NBA, delay their money making, and come back to college and play another year after what the NCAA just did by canceling March Madness. <clears throat> All these people who are like, yeah, yeah, just give another year of eligibility. Those people are insane. Those are crazy people because they think that there's a real chance that these guys are going to just want to come back to college. It's so unfortunate. It really is unfortunate for those players. I, I Now, again, again, I side with the idea of precaution. Now, with March Madness, I think they should postpone it. I think they should do Selection Sunday as it was supposed to be done. And then I think they should have rescheduled it, postponed it, pushed back a month, whatever. But... Flat out canceling it seems a bit much if this whole disease could be over with pretty much in three weeks. You know, if it if it's over in a month and they canceled March Madness when they could have probably rescheduled it, that to me that's a bit much. But all these sports who are postponing or suspending their season, I think are doing the right thing. I think they're doing the right thing for sure. You know, <clears throat> the NBA, MLS, and NHL, MLB. 
all those who are like, hey, we're taking 30 days off. Suspended, suspend the season, suspend operations for 30 days. <clears throat> that's, what, that's what I would do. That's what I would do. <clears throat> I swear to God, I don't have the coronavirus. But, so I, I, I do side with that. Uh, Tom Hanks got the coronavirus. I think it's really kind of funny how they are, like every time a celebrity gets the coronavirus, people are just, it's, it's almost like, it would be so embarrassing. It, it would be so embarrassing. Like my biggest fear of getting the coronavirus isn't getting it or, or the virus, like beating the virus or any of that stuff. My biggest fear is to get it and the news be like, boom, James Scametta got the coronavirus. Boom, James Scametta eats bat soup. Boom, James Scametta, I watched him eat an armadillo quesadilla yesterday. James Scametta has the coronavirus. He's gross boy, gross boy, gross boy. That's my biggest fear. I would rather die in a, in a secluded cave from the coronavirus, wheezing to my last breath in hellacious pain, can't even, can't, cannot even stand from the earth-shattering pain that I'm feeling in my, in my achy body, in every inch of my body, laying in a cave, while coyotes and wolverines are watching me die and waiting to devour my corpse. I would rather that happen to me than me get the coronavirus and the local news post that I was eating armadillo enchiladas in Wuhan and I'm a gross boy. That's, that's just the worst. You don't want that to happen. So, But I think it's funny how all these celebrities are, you know, once they get it, they are the news. Tom Hanks got it. Oh, boop, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks got it. Yo, y'all see Tom Hanks got it? Donovan Mitchell. Oh, shit. Donovan Mitchell got it. Yo, y'all see Donovan Mitchell got it? Uh, Rudy Gobert got it. What? Rudy Gobert so, so gross. Like that's, you do not want to be a celebrity. If I'm a celebrity right now, I am not leaving nothing. I'm sitting in my house. I'm sitting in my mansion. And I'm waiting for this to be over. Even if I have coronavirus. If I, had, if I got coronavirus, if I started, if tomorrow, if tomorrow I woke up and I was fevered and achy and all that stuff, I just wouldn't, I, I wouldn't, I would not do anything. I would sit in my house for two weeks and I wouldn't tell a soul and I would just beat it. And once I got better, people would be like, man, what the hell, dude? I haven't seen you in like 20 days. Oh uh, yeah, man. Yeah. So anyways, that, that's, and I would just go on normal. I just blow everybody off. That's it. And no one would be any the wiser. That's how I'd roll. But it's wild, man. It's wild. I'm not sure. When, when, when all this first happened, we talked about it on the podcast. We've talked about it for like three or four weeks straight. But I wasn't sure at that time if it was an overreaction. I wasn't sure at that time what the hell was going on. I thought it was kind of an overreaction. But watching what happened in Italy, watching what happened in Spain, now seeing it hit in the United States... Like I explained earlier, I believe the virus itself is an overreaction, but I definitely do not think that precaution um, is. If I was running a business, if I was running a school, if I was running anything besides this podcast, I would tell my employees go home. You know, I would say take the week off or work from home for a week. Ninety percent of jobs, you know, can can has people that can do that. Not everyone can do it, but they have non-essential people that don't have to be sitting at a desk. If you don't have to sit at a desk, if you do not have to be there, go home. You know, go home. At a hospital, the people who sit at the computers or the receptionist or whatever, if you can do it from home, get on home. Wash your ass. Wash your ass. Wash your hands. Wash your ass. Now, <clears throat> that brings me to an interesting, another point. I, I keep seeing, I haven't been in the grocery store this week. But I keep hearing that toilet paper is totally sold out. What do people think the coronavirus is going to do? Like, how is that the first thing? Do y'all remember that show Supermarket Sweep where you got your cart and you pushed it around the grocery store and you tried to get as much items as possible? If I was on a supermarket, or, or the Toys R Us, y'all remember the, if you're 30 or 35 or under, the... Toys R Us run was a five-minute run around Toys R Us, an empty Toys R Us, or a closed Toys R Us, and you had a cart, and whatever you could fill in the cart, you got for free. So people would run, like, the bicycles, and they take, like, the little tag. They Back in the day, you used to have the bikes, and on in the front of the bike was a plastic price tag. You could pull out, like, a piece of paper with it, and you could bring that piece of paper to the front, 
pay for it, and then they would bring you the bike. So people would, in that would run to those, grab the bike slips, put it in their cart, run the video games of action figures, put all that in their cart. If we were doing that for a end-of-the-world disaster, toilet paper would be so far down on my list. So far down on my list. Like, how was the first thought? Like, oh my God, there's a, there's a virus, there's a new pandemic, the whole world is ending. What am I going to wipe my ass with? Like, how is that the first decision? I feel like you could figure that part out. I'd be getting stuff like food, you know, medicine, like actual like cold medicine or you know Tylenol or something. Water would be a good thing. Uh, Vienna sauces, just stuff that stuff that's going to stick around, stuff that I can eat, survive on. You know, I, I, it's just I don't get the whole like oh well the world's ending. Well, if I have a really bad, if I have a really bad number two, what am I going to do without the sharp? Like, it blows my mind. So, you know, it is what it is. <clears throat> but but this is something, this coronavirus is absolutely something that, it, you know, is historic. It's unprecedented. In my lifetime, I've never seen a situation like this where, where things are just getting canceled. Things are just getting eliminated. Things are just getting, you know, postponed or rescheduled. I mean, what a time to be alive for a college student. Hey, here... I mean, what what college? What talk about a dream? You know, like oh, spring break's coming up. Hey, how about y'all take another week of spring break on us, on us, no problem. Yeah, yeah. Y'all take two weeks of spring break, and then we're gonna move y'all to online only classes. Don't worry about coming to class. What a time to be alive in college. This I might just enroll. I mean, this is the best time ever to be in college. Everything's online. No going to class. You can wear sweatpants for the next two, three months, and nobody would say anything to you. Spring break, awesome. You know what else is awesome? Two weeks of spring break. So college kids have it going on. But crazy time right now, guys. Crazy time. Um, I'm not going to act like I have all the answers. I don't. Um, I have talked to some infectious disease experts. I have talked to some people in the know. Um, But I don't have all the answers and it is a scary time. And I think it's okay to be afraid right now. I think it's okay to be to be worried right now. You know, there's no need to be... You, you, don't, you don't need to be a macho Mitch. You know, macho Mitch... You don't need to be macho Mitch right now. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay to be worried, Walter. You know, be a, be a worried, Walter. Be a precautious Peter. That's who you need to be. Be precautious Peter. Don't be uh, macho Mitch. And if you're worried, Walter, be worried, Walter. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. So, just take care of yourself. Be safe. There's not much to say past. It's insane. Like this is this is the end time. This is insanity, and we're and it's crazy. And every day gets crazier. Every time I update my Twitter feed, it gets crazier. And uh, you know, watch my podcast, watch my videos, enjoy your quarantine, and that's really all you can do. Next, let's, let's move on from the coronavirus. We could talk about this for the next five hours, but I try and pack all this into a 45-minute slate for you guys, especially this should be released on Friday, so nice little way to start your weekend. But we'll, we'll, we'll buffer with a kind of fun story. So there was a video, a viral video that went through, and I'll play the video on YouTube and I'll play the audio on podcast right now. Whatever you say, I know that was hard to watch or listen to, and that was from Nico LUL, or it might be LOL, I don't even remember, but that went absolutely viral, okay, that video went absolutely viral, and she gained like 80,000 followers on Twitter overnight, she, her Twitch channel blew up, all of her socials started exploding, and about a day later, she mentioned on a video that she had a boyfriend. And she lost like 70,000 followers the next day. And it's just such an, it's such an interesting kind of societal, like, like a little peak in a society. 
And I'll tell you exactly what happened. And this just goes to show how the echo chamber of social media is. This is the cycle. Someone shows up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Something like this girl. And everyone who does not know her, everyone who has no idea who she is, everyone who just sees her, everyone who just watches the TikTok, the the nine-second TikTok or whatever it was, they immediately create this idea that she's like a thing. She's like a toy. She's like a like a, something in a in a windowsill of a supermarket. And they're like I want that. And they they don't just think I want that sexually or I I want that physically. They think like I I want to be like I want I'm telling you what these and they call them simps online. We here we usually call them cucks. But I'll go ahead and tell you exactly what they're thinking. They're thinking, I want to date her. I want to marry her and be with her forever. And I want to be in her videos. I want to be in her TikToks. And, and we will be together. And then whenever they hear that she's a boyfriend, it's they don't let the fact that they've never met. They don't let the fact that they never will meet. They don't let the fact that they don't know her name. They don't let the fact that they don't know where she lives. They don't let any of that stop them. But the second that she says, I've got a boyfriend, they unfollow, boom, gone, 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 gone. And you can see the shift, right? You can see the shift. Back in the day, if you had a favorite actress or an actor who you loved, who you obsessed over, who you had posters in your room, you know, if you loved Brad Pitt or you loved Jonathan Taylor Thomas, you know, not not, not me, but if someone out there had a huge obsession with Jonathan Taylor Thomas, then you don't you wouldn't just like rip up your posters and throw all that away and quit being a fan because he eventually gets a girlfriend or a wife or something. I mean now that's this generation. Now that's how they scope things. That's how they view things. It's this bananas land. I I I've said on this podcast, I got okay boomered out of that world a long time ago. Okay? I'm thirty years old. I am way past understanding what TikTok is. I am way past understanding any of that stuff. And this just is a really good snapshot of how that age, how that generation kind of views these influencers, how they view these these people. And it's not it's not a sexual thing, it's not a physical thing. It's just this attachment thing. It's like they believe everything is a Tamagotchi. You know, if they love you, I mean, you'll see it on on other influencers. You'll see it on people you know that they they follow or they like or they're fans of. You'll hear them be like, you know, call them daddy, call them. You know, they they want they like want this insane attachment level. They want this insane kind of close. And I think it's from seeing everything. I think it's from this twenty four seven inside look on everyone's life. Back in the day. You didn't have a look at celebrities' lives. You didn't know what house they lived in. You didn't know what, what their you know bedrooms looked like. You didn't know what their kids looked like. You didn't know what their pools looked like or their cars or anything like that. Nowadays, if you go through Kylie Jenner's Instagram, you might, you feel like you live in her damn house. You've seen her pool. You've seen her cars, her bedroom, her kitchen, her refrigerator. You know what's in her fridge. You know, Back then, you were lucky to see a celebrity just walking across the street. That's what the tabloids were. The tabloids were pictures of celebrities in real people life, right? Now, we're all in the same life. You know what I mean? We're we're all here. I I go on Instagram. I'm I'm boom. I'm in Marky Mark's. I'm in Marky Mark Wahlberg's gym at five in the morning. I'm looking on his Instagram story. I'm I'm walking around his damn gym. Next thing I know. We're sitting in his kitchen eating eggs. I'm I'm watching him cook eggs. I'm watching this celebrity via Instagram. I'm watching him whip up some scrambled eggs. You know, you do that for a few times. You you have a, a person who all they do is ingest stuff on Instagram and Twitter. And you have a person now who's got this insane mix of realities where they think, oh, well, I'm part of this life now. I want this life. This is my life. And if people, like with this girl nico or whatever that immediate i want this i'm part of this i need this that immediate reaction being the first reaction and then the more interesting thing is the the rejection 
of, oh, she has a boyfriend. I'm out. See ya. No longer attainable. No longer part of my life. It's crazy. Crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. That video was viewed like 20 million times or something in a day. And that the simp army who now hates her got it deleted, got it blocked off of Twitter, got, you know, I mean, so it's been a real mess. But I thought it was just such an interesting look uh, on society and kind of how all that plays out. And it just really goes to show you how just how much of a black mirror we're actually living in. You know, we're living in a black mirror episode here, guys, where if, if that's not a black mirror episode, like, think about it if you're her. You put out this TikTok, whatever. People like it. She's probably, her phone, she's getting 80,000 followers. Imagine having 200 followers and you check your phone the next morning, you have 79,000 followers. And every website's talking about you. Everyone has an opinion on you. People are in your DMs. You're notifi- like, imagine the dopamine rush that you get. Then imagine you start being like, oh, good, I'm an, in- I'm an influencer now. So you tell people, oh, yeah, I have a boyfriend, I have a, I have a girlfriend. And then imagine all that going away. I, I just, she's got to be in such a crazy space right now. But, yeah, wild scenes on the Twitter front, on the TikTok front. Last thing we'll wrap up here. And I got a feeling this is going long because I'm, I feel like it's going long. But... I'll, I'll make this last point kind of quick. So, last, the last couple weeks I've seen the Democratic primary and the Republican primary. And, or, you know, and I, there's something, <clears throat> I've been seeing stuff from celebrities and talking heads on Twitter. Something that, you know, I feel like I should, if, you have, if, you're, if you're new to the program, if you're new to the podcast, First of all, we've been doing this for about eight years now, and we don't always side with the general kind of talking heads and all that stuff. Usually we say stuff on here that ESPN ends up saying two weeks later. We say stuff on here that ends up becoming kind of the general idea two months later, something like that. And when it first when we first kind of say it, it may sound jarring and it may be confusing, but just stick with me. So I mean, I saw a lot of just go vote. Just go vote. Doesn't matter who you vote for. Doesn't matter if you know who you're voting for. Doesn't matter anything. Just as long as you vote. And I want to be on record for saying don't do that. I don't think that's what you should do. I don't think that's what voting should be. If you don't know, don't vote. I love voting. I vote every chance I get. I'll vote. I'll go vote a damn talent show. I'll vote anything. I'll vote presidential election. I'll vote class favorites at a local high school. I'll, whatever. You want something voted on, I'm your guy. I vote on you know polls on AOL.com. I don't care. I'm voting, baby. I love voting. I love the right to vote. I think it is an incredible right that everyone has. And I think it's something that was fought for, especially for women especially for minorities, I think it's absolutely something that people should do. But I think people also should be responsible to educate themselves on what and who they are voting for. If you're going if you're going to the polling station to vote just to get the sticker and you have no clue who the people's names are, or you go down there and you write in Frankenstein for president, you, you're a write-in vote, and you write, you know, Tommy Pickles to get the sticker. Don't go vote. I think the idea that all that matters is you going to the polling station and voting, whether it's for Tommy Pickles or whoever, you know, whoever Waka Flocka Flame told you to vote for. I think that is despicable. What I'm going to tell you to do. And this is just kind of a preface because we're about to get into a presidential election. You know, maybe, maybe even for the rest of your life. Maybe if you're a 21, 22 year old listening to this podcast and you're, you know, start, starting to understand the world a little bit, do yourself a favor and educate yourself. And you don't have to be breaking down quantum mechanics. You don't have to be, 
you know, listening to physics podcasts or, or trying to figure out, you know, thermodynamics or anything, I'm not telling you to educate yourself for that. But just know who the vice president is. Just know what that, if you're voting for someone, at least know what their platform is. At least know what they stand for. There is nothing, nothing worse to me than like the Jimmy Kimmel videos where they go on the street and, and they read like Obama's, like when Obama was, was running, they would read his opponent's plan or his opponent's talking points or his opponent's beliefs. And then they would read it and be like, do you agree with this? And then people would be like, hell yeah, I agree with that. That's why I'm voting for Obama. And it's like, you couldn't do any better. You know, you, could, you couldn't, it'd be like, oh yeah, Obama says he loves abortion. Or uh, he, he totally anti-abortion. Obama said he is not doing abortion. And then the people are like, yeah, I think abortion is the worst. That's why I'm voting Obama. It's like, man, maybe that person shouldn't vote. You know? So what I'm telling you is don't be one of those people. Take it upon yourself to just educate yourself a little tiny baby bit. You know, I don't think it'd be a terrible idea if there was a rule where you had to pass a test before you could vote. And the test wouldn't have to be something hard. It could be something to the tune of, what party does Donald Trump belong to? What party does Joe Biden belong to? Who is the vice president of the United States? Okay, you have passed the test. Congratulations. It, it could be something that simple. I don't, I don't think it has to be something crazy. But I think that people should be held accountable and should be responsible and have enough pride in this country and have enough respect in what it took to get to voting, especially for women and minorities, for what it took to get to that point to be able to vote, I think people should have enough respect for that right, enough respect for the ability to vote, to where they should educate themselves to understand what they're voting for. All of this, just go vote, just go, just go, just go. All that matters is that you're doing it. All that talk to me, just it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And so before we got into the deep political season, and you know, this show is not, I'm not Ben Shapiro, okay? We're gonna, I'm not Steven Crowder. We're, we'll talk about some politics every once in a while in here. We keep it light. You know, pop culture, sports. You know, it's kind of what's happening. World news. It's all cool. It's all chill. It's all chill. We just want you to have something, you know, to listen to or watch on the way to work, on your lunch break, eating dinner. I don't want to be breaking down the, the Constitution on here, okay? But I just wanted to get out in front of all the people who you may see on Twitter telling you, just go vote or what have you, I'm going to get out in front of them and say, do not do that. Do not just go vote. Educate yourself. Be a part of the conversation. You don't have to watch the Democratic debate. I don't watch the Democratic debate. But it wouldn't hurt you to figure out just kind of who everyone is and why you're voting for that person. The last presidential election, me and my friends were just talking about this. We spent the whole election cycle you know, we would discuss their policies. We would discuss kind of what's going on. Everyone had an opinion on every candidate leading up to Trump's nomination. And, you know, I, I tell people all the time, in the first primary that year, I voted for Ted Cruz. I didn't even vote for Donald Trump. You know, I wasn't going to the polls to vote for Trump because it was the cool thing to do. I listened to the, to the debates. I had read the you know the articles. I had done my research. I had done my education, and I felt like at that point I was making an individual decision. And then I eventually voted for Trump in the presidential election. Again, because I aligned with his policies. If Hillary or whoever in any election, I'm not a, I'm not a party guy. I'm not married to the Republican Party. I'm not married to a candidate. I'm looking at the policies, and if the policies align with me, then all good. You know, in the last election, I, I, my biggest poli- my biggest driving factor was was strong borders, and so that really swayed me in the election. And no qualms about it. If I would have lost, fine. That it doesn't matter. You know, pe- people are treating politics like some kind of damn class favorite or something. Like and that, it, it all started with the with. P. Diddy, when P. Diddy was leading these voter die campaigns and MTV was back and all this stuff, and you'd have people just voting because, I mean, honestly, like how insane does it sound when people are like, yeah, I voted for blank president because Gucci man told me to. What? 
what? Like, we're living in this world where we have coronavirus, the TikTok girl, and Gucci man is, is pushing presidential, like, you know, I mean, it, it's all crazy to me. So just try and drown out the noise. Try and educate yourself. I'm not going to go out good long, too long on this, but I really believe it is each person's responsibility to themselves and to the people who came before them to be responsible, understand what you're voting for, and to use your voting right appropriately. Use it appropriately. It's you know We have the right to bear arms, but it's not like, hey, just go shoot. Just go spray bullets. Just go let them fly in the sky, baby, as long as you're shooting. No. The appropriate thing is, yeah, go get some gun safety courses. Go get some training. Understand the power of the weapon. Understand how to utilize it. Be secure about it. Be smart about it. That's what you want to do. You want to honor the right. You want to you know, show respect for the rights that people have worked to give us. So that's my little bo- uh, soapbox. Don't just go vote. That's stupid. Don't just go take a picture with the flag sticker. That's stupid. Educate yourself. Make a correct decision to you you know make the decision that you are okay with do not go vote just because john legend showed up at your door guys ladies and gentlemen oh the best podcast on itunes on spotify on anchor wherever you listen to podcasts also the video cast of this you can see my beautiful face is on youtube people ask me how to get to the podcast go to itunes or go to uh, apple podcast search james scrametta It'll pop up. Go to Spotify. Go to podcast. Search James Scrametta. It'll pop up. YouTube. Search James Scrametta. You're seeing a theme here, ladies and gentlemen. It'll pop up. Enjoy yourselves. Subscribe. Click the notification button. Social. If you ever want to ask a question about the podcast, comment, or you want to hear a topic on the podcast discussed, whatever. Feedback. Always great. Leave it in the comments or go to my social medias, James underscore scrametta i think across all social media twitter and instagram james underscore scrametta thank you very much for listening it's friday enjoy your weekend saint patrick day weekend if it hasn't already been canceled don't do anything i wouldn't do saint patrick day is a dangerous holiday dangerous ass holiday those irish can drink i will see you next week ladies and gentlemen whatever you say okay okay